Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're listening to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Adrian Abraham. I can't believe it's Thursday already. The week has flown by. And joining me on in the studio, as always, is Mr. Ryan Huang. Ryan, the week has flown by. Yeah, and welcome back, Adrian. You're in normal clothes now. Exactly. <laughs> the I've wardrobe got my is back in action. Laundry is fixed. No Adrian more. is fixed. Everything no is... <laughs> Funky pink... I'm not sure what you call it, but it was quite funky. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Ryan, today, all eyes on NVIDIA. It's been making a lot of headlines this morning. It's actually the first thing I saw mm. when I woke up today. Tell us what's happening here. Yeah, it's been all about AI this year. So everyone's been closely watching what NVIDIA would say because NVIDIA is pretty much leading the pack when it comes to benefiting from the AI frenzy. It makes the chips that go into many of these programs uh, and data centers that will run your chatbots, your AI computing stuff. So all that will come down to a lot of NVIDIA chips. So they will give a bit of a barometer of where things will go. And it does look like it is going quite well. So they beat expectations on their latest quarterly results. Plus, they gave a very optimistic forecast of where things are going. So that's pretty much the essence of the um, direction of Nvidia's stock price as well. Up, up and away. So in the regular trading session, we saw Nvidia gaining some ground. And then after the bell, when we got the numbers, it gained an extra 6.5% to add to the 3.1% it gained in the regular session. And of course, in the past year to date, it is up 230%. So people have been asking, is it over? Is the upside for NVIDIA done? Is this going to taper off? It doesn't look like it yet. So if you look at the numbers, profit for the second quarter it just announced doubled to $13.5 billion. Or revenue doubled to $13.5 billion. Profit was at two seventy, And this is above expectations of two oh seven. So you've got pretty strong numbers there. And the outlook, NVIDIA is saying, sales will be $16 billion above the consensus forecast of $12.5 billion for this current quarter. And on top of everything, it is also announcing a stock buyback of $25 billion extra. So this is already on top of existing buybacks. So more good news for investors. Just some incredible numbers there, as you mentioned. Their performance was, of course, driven by its data center business, which includes the A100 and H100 AI chips uh, that are needed to build and run artificial intelligence applications like ChatGPT. Ryan, have you been uh, still on the ChatGPT trend or have yeah. you? Yeah, when I get a bit... It's well, helpful, right? Of a writer's block, it yeah. does help to get the ball rolling and give you some, I guess, leading inspiration. point inspiration, mm. and then you build on it. Of course, you have to really fact check sometimes yeah. because it just takes whatever is on the internet, and not everything on the internet is, you know, kosher or accurate. Yeah, I think you're right because it it gets the ball rolling, and then after that, you can edit and see how you can move from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, check in with some more corporate news, Ryan. What's caught your attention uh, this morning besides, of course, NVIDIA? Yeah, have you been to Mr. Donut before? I've heard of Mr. Yeah, Donut. Yeah, so they've just opened in Singapore. Yes, I saw the line. Lines. The thing is, every time something... It, it's something 
comes up. Remember the Hello Kitty store back uh-huh. in Jewel? Right. Remember the line for Hello Kitty when it opened up at Jewel? Were you there? In yes. The queue. <laughs> I heard of that. No, I was not in the queue, please. I will never join a line that long. But it was ridiculous, even when Shake Shack opened in Jewel. But let's get back to Mr. Donut. What's happening All there? All right. So, Mr. Donut is a franchise brought in to Singapore yeah. by this FMB owner and operator called Re&S Holdings. So, mm. they've just announced their earnings. Uh, so, the thing is, it's not super. So, it's down 65.3% for net profit in the second half. So, a couple of things weighing on the net profit. First, um, this comes despite revenue going up 2.9%. So, that's your clue already. Uh, even though it made more sales, profit was not there. So, it has to do with expenses or some of the subsidies it got last year. So, some base effects at play here. So, this the company says was due to the absence of government and landlord support in relation to COVID-19. So that is gone. So in turn, the numbers uh, don't look that great this year. Plus, looking forwards, the outlook is not that great as well. It says the FMB business landscape has been challenging and is expected to remain tough due to escalating costs driven by inflationary pressure. So, they need to sell more donuts and also get more people to visit is various outlets like Yakiniku Go, the beef bowl place or mm. the beef um, mm. barbecue place, Go Kuku and its other brands like Sukiyaki. But as you imagine, a lot of these manpower shortages, costs as well are all being um, big headwinds for the sector. Here's a question for you. Have you been yet? Not yeah, I've been eating more at home actually. So bad <laughs> inflation, news. inflation. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. Donut, not looking so good. But hopefully, as you mentioned, their staffing has been um, a major talking point, particularly when it comes um, to the F and B industry here. Back uh, closer to home, right? I know you mentioned Mr. Donut, but um, is there anything else that's yes. caught your eye this morning? Uh, one other thing that is going to be on the radar is Sabana Reed. So, if you've been following Sabana Reed's news, you would be in the know that there's been this ongoing back on the fourth about the internalization of the REIT manager, pretty much the, the guys who run the REIT uh, from an external model. Well, that's done and dusted. So the um, unit holders have voted for that to happen. And now there is a bit more, if you want to call it clarity, from one of the activist shareholders who were pushing for this to happen. Um, there were some concerns it might take too long for the entire reshuffle or restructuring to be completed. People were saying maybe it could take a year at least and that would give a lot of uncertainty for the company and then the share price might reflect that as well. So Quartz Capital is come out to say in an open letter that this change to an internal manager should take no more than three to four months. So it is a bit more optimistic in terms of timelines. So perhaps that will give some cheer or perhaps some confidence to existing unit holders and the share price for Sabana Reed will be something to look out for. The next company, I have a love-hate relationship for this company because as much as it's very efficient, it gets it drives me insane quite a few times. I'm talking about Grab. Ah, <laughs> They've just posted right, right. a 135 million US dollar, which is around 182.6 million dollar net loss for the second quarter and June 30th. That's a, a narrative from the loss of 547 million US dollars in the same period a year ago. What do you think is driving? these, well, this downturn. Yeah, so it's a bit of a good news, bad news thing here. So you've got Grab. Uh, the bright spot is, is 
making a smaller loss. It's losing money. So mm. it is still losing money. But the bright spot is uh, it is not as bad as before or as expected. And this is helping Grab to pull forward its profitability timeline. And this, of course, all driven by all the cost cutting it's had to do, the job cuts, the workforce reductions uh, that's been in the news in June when it cut about 11%, which was its biggest round of layoffs since early 2020, which was when the pandemic began. Yeah. So with all that now paying off to some extent, Grab appears to be in a stronger position. So I suppose people are liking it because investors seem to like it. And that's all. Grab's share price up 10% off the back of the news. Mm, and their delivery segment, which uh, of course includes food and parcel delivery, more than doubled its Q2 revenues to $292 million US dollars. So uh, do you think the focus is on that going forward rather than transportation? Yeah, I that's mean, interesting. Transportation will still become essential, but I think their, um, their delivery segment... I think people it. have gotten more lazy. So no, <laughs> after ordering in the past few years, Yes, it's the pandemic. The pandemic is to blame. <laughs> will people go back to the restaurants? Maybe, you know, Grab would take a hit with deliveries of food, you know. Mm. So that didn't really happen. People got used to the routine and continued to order Grab. So that helped support Grab's food delivery business. It's really quite, um, it's funny because when you order Grab here in Singapore and the deliveries cost upwards of $10 plus, right, minimum. If you go to countries like Indonesia or Thailand or Vietnam and you order Grab food, it is ridiculously cheap. You can get a whole meal delivered to you for $3. Do you get your food delivered? Uh, not here. Okay. I learned. I, I mean, if, when I'm very lazy and it's raining <laughs> or something like that or just can't be bothered. But um, yeah, it, it comes in very handy. Let's talk about Singapore's core inflation, Ryan. Um, dropped for the third straight month to 3.8% uh, with more easing expected. Yeah, so I suppose you can say... That is good news because it means prices are coming down after you know, everyone's been complaining about the cost of living going up. Yep. So to some extent, it is growing at a slower pace. So that is good news. And like you pointed out, more of the same perhaps down the road. That is a forecast from some economists. And one big portion of it is going to come from a smaller hike in food prices mm. and a fall in the cost of electricity and gas. So that's going to be interesting for anyone who's thinking about switching uh, power contracts. It could, could perhaps mean that the standard pricing could come down if these overheads come down for some of these power suppliers and generators. So that's something to consider if you're thinking about switching contracts in the next quarter. Okay, core inflation which excludes private transport and accommodation costs, dropped to 3.8% from 4.2% in June. So pretty much um, going by expectations and it will be worth watching to see if this is going to be a trend to continue for the rest of the year. Yeah, before we check in on how uh, markets are trading, Ryan, something else that caught my eye this morning, Shell is considering a sale of its Singapore refining and petrochemical plants as part of a broader strategic review. It's actually tapped on Goldman Sachs to explore the sale of um, these refineries. Can you tell us a little bit more about why they're doing this? Uh, because 
The CEO, Wael Sawan, um, says he's targeting spending cuts over the next two years to boost profitability while also remaining committed to achieving net zero emissions by 2050. Yeah, I think that's the point there, mm. achieving net zero emissions. So it's been this big journey for Shell over the past few years yeah. to become greener. And that means moving away from fossil fuels. And that has a part to play with the refineries, right? You don't need as much capacity. And if you don't need it, why not sell it? So I think that's what's happening here for um, the assets you talk about in uh, Bucom. So I suppose the writing was on the wall already. Everyone's been trying to make a greener push. Mm. And it will mean some pain short term for people who are involved in the sector. There's going to be some adjustments, perhaps some job losses for this part of the um, region. So Shell is going on this journey. It's probably going to be more to come in terms of this um, transition. So we will see what will happen considering a sale. Quite likely, it will happen. So we shall see. Come. More to come, we shall see. Anything else you've got your eye on, particularly for today and tomorrow? Well, we will have to watch out for the Jackson Hole Symposium. Yes, be playing out Wyoming, today yeah. And tomorrow, we will get a chance to figure out if there are going to be any changes to the Fed's policy settings when you get a speech expected tomorrow night. Uh, also worth noting, Fukushima is expected to release those um, mm. treated nuclear waste waters. And Hong Kong has said they're not going to bring any seafood. Yeah, so but there's going to be some knee-jerk reactions. Of course, people will be you know, thinking twice, yeah. raising their eyebrows, you know, thinking about changing supply chain sources. So that's happening on that front. And... Uh, in the face of a pushback, maybe Japan might also think twice what to do. And the expectations, going by the reports, that um, Japan will release those treated wastewaters Singapore time around 1pm. So I guess that'll be interesting to see if they will push ahead despite all the pushback um, from its neighbours. Uh, I guess also worth noting, India making history. Yes, the rocket. Yeah. on the moon. Mm. Very historic indeed. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Adrian Abraham. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. And uh, you can join us bright and early tomorrow on Money FM 89.3. This has been Market View. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.